All good things must come to an end. It's sadly the season finale of the Blue Rush podcast. The Giants missed the playoffs, but they did end the season with an impressive 27-10 win over the Eagles at MetLife Sunday. And it was also the end of defensive coordinator Wink Martindale, who resigned right after the Giants fired outside linebackers coach Drew Wilkins and defensive assistant Kevin Wilkins, offensive line coach Bobby Johnson, and special teams coach Thomas McGahey. We got a lot to cover. The win, the season, the firings, and we look ahead to the offseason. And it's all next on the season finale of Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome back. It's the season finale of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I'm Super Bowl champ, Brandon London. I'm joined by the usual crew again. It's my old teammate, two-time Giants Super Bowl champion kicker, Lawrence Tynes, and Giants longtime beat writer for the New York Post, Paul Schwartz, is in the building. Ah, it's been a fun ride, fellas. This is the final episode of Blue Rush of the season. We're going to head into the offseason and go on a little hiatus until the next big Giants news hits. And that's likely going to be free agency, which starts in March. But the Giants did end their season with a bang on Sunday. They beat the brakes off the Eagles at MetLife Stadium. 27 to 10. Big Blue finishes 6 and 11. They win their sixth game. And they also pick up the sixth pick of the 2024 NFL draft. Black Monday couldn't get any more blacker than for the New York Giants. Uh, the news of Wink Martindale reportedly resigning. We're going to ask Paul to clarify that for us. And this also, this came after the Giants fired his guys outside linebackers coach Drew Wilkins and his brother defensive assistant Kevin Wilkins. And that came after they fired offensive line coach Bobby Johnson and longtime special teams coordinator Thomas McGahee. That's our boy uh, uh, Tynes. Obviously the biggest news is the Wing Martindale news that, we're, that everyone wants to be first, not be right, Paul. So can you please clarify what you know about Wink Martindale allegedly, reportedly resigning as defense coordinator for the New York Giants. Yeah, guys, this is, uh, you know, look, these things can be very unpleasant on the Monday, you know, bang, bang, bang. You guys get, you know, whacked, so to speak. But this was really a strange day. I mean, Wink, I was told, resigned. The only thing is, as of, you know, 620 on Monday night, the Giants say that he has not officially resigned. So we'll have to see what went down with that. You know, I don't see any way Wink. I, I was I was probably 75% sure that Wink was not going to come back this year. Then Brian Dable comes out today, uh, Monday morning, and says, I expect Wink Martindale and Mike Kafka, the offensive and defense coordinators, to come back. I expect it. Okay, so I said, all right, that's good. They're going to come back. And then I said, wait a second, what is expected? Have you met with those guys? No, we haven't talked yet. And then Dable comes out and says, my special teams coordinator, Thomas McGahey, has been fired. And the offensive line coach, Bobby Johnson, a guy he brought in for Buffalo, has been fired. Okay, and he expects the two other two coordinators to come back. So have you talked to those guys? No, I haven't. So I'm thinking, well, wait a second, you expect them to come back? Do they want to come back? You know, we know Wink is, is you know, they've got some issues there. Does he want to come back? So. Dable doesn't want to address that. And then later in the day, you hear that Drew Wilkins, as you said, the outside linebackers coach, he is Wink Martindale's right-hand man. Okay. They came from Baltimore together. They are, you know, 
blood brothers, so to speak. I've been in places like the Combine and and uh, the Senior Bowl. You don't see Wink Martindale without Drew Wilkins. His younger brother, Kevin, is a defensive assistant, younger, lower on the rung. They both get fired today. Once I heard that, I said, well, Wink is out. They're just greasing his skids. You know, you don't fire your buddies and then say, Oh, you can come back if you want. Uh, you know, that's like an emasculation of a coordinator. And then I hear he's resigned. I, I said, OK, I heard that that was true. But I don't know what's going on. You know, Wink has one year left on his contract. Uh, you resign. You don't get paid. Right, Lawrence? You don't get paid. And so we'll see what's going on with that. Um, I don't see there's any any avenue for Wink to come back here now. But, um, you know, there's a lot to go on. I, you know, I don't want to you know talk you know, I want to hear what Lawrence has to say about this, but there is some underlying things here. His personality and there's some other things going on here, which um, it's just not a good look for the Giants. You know, I mean, I mean, in any way, shape, or you want to get rid of the coordinator, get rid of the coordinator, but don't say you expect him to come back and then cut out his legs by getting rid of people and now have Wink resign. It's um, it's kind of a mess. You know, it, 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 it should be handled better than this. Yeah, you would expect more from the Giants uh, organization, but there's some deep-rooted problems within this coaching staff throughout. I mean, this is this is kind of a weird situation, right? You you fire the the Wilkins brothers and and knowing they're Wink's guys, and then you wait for Wink to maybe you know retire or you know s- submit a uh, resignation letter, which we have now found out has not been proven as true or fact. It's there's, you know, the running backs coach left, the strength coach left Thomas McGahee, a dear friend of mine and coach that was let go. And I can see it both ways there. You know, maybe the time had ran its course there. But, you know, certainly I have a lot of respect for Thomas McGahee. He will continue to coach again. He is under a contract for next year. So maybe he just goes and hangs out in St. Bart's for a year and makes his million dollars plus whatever coordinators make nowadays on special teams, something like that. So. But he was dealt kind of a crappy hand, right? He got on the kicker train this year when Graham Gano got hurt. That's never a good thing. They put Eric Gray back there. That was not a good thing. And then, obviously, once they brought in Gunner and uh, stabilized that special teams unit, and and I'll tell you what, he deserves a lot of credit for almost being the guy who invented this moving pocket in the NFL. You never saw teams move the punt pocket like T-Mac did, and now you see a few other teams do it after he did it. And he's taken Jamie Gillen – to almost a Pro Bowl level type punter who was a lot of guys a lot of, on this show maybe even said we shouldn't even resign him that last year. So that's one thing Thomas can do. And I always think, look, when you don't have a good roster overall, it affects your special teams. And the Giants just don't have a very good overall roster. And uh, you know, Thomas T Mac has never been given a a re- true returner to work with until he got Gunner and was able to do some things. But sometimes again, you know, T Mac has been there a long time. And sometimes a fresh start somewhere else. Maybe he goes into the college game for a year and and finds another job. But uh, I get it. Listen, when you're six and eleven, people lose jobs. Uh, coaches lose jobs. So it is what it is. Remember back in the, remember back in the preseason. I think something happened with the special teams, and Dable was seen on camera ripping yeah. ripping them. You know, and I remember thinking then. You know, the head coach can do what he wants, but Thomas McGay, he's a respected, you know, veteran guy. And, you know, but that's Dable, right? You know, he rips his players sometimes, you know, on the sideline, never, ever, ever on the podium. So Wink Martindale did not like getting yelled at by Brian Dable. You know, Wink is 60 years old. He wants to be a head coach. And, um, you know, it's a personality thing. It is. And, you know, Dable, you know, has to coach the way he wants to coach. But, you know, Tom Coughlin was very rough around the edges, right? with the media, certainly, with players, and he changed. If he didn't change, there would have been a revolt, and they would, you guys wouldn't have won a Super Bowl. So, you know, maybe Brian Dable has to look inward a little bit and say, you know, I need to 
I need to, you know, this Bill Belichick light stuff. I don't think he's trying to be Bill Belichick, but I, I, I need to be more supportive and I need to maybe not yell so much because, um, um, yeah, it, it, it was, it, it was tough. I mean, you know, and, 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 you know, I think Wink has some uh, fault in this too. You know, I think Wink in some ways um, with the two Wilkins coaches, brothers was operating a little bit like outside the head coach. You know what I mean? And, and a little bit outside the head coach's sphere. You know, Wink had a good relationship with the ownership. That's a good thing. And um, there's, there's layers, right? And the head coach is the layer you got to go through. He's your boss. Um, so I was not surprised at the, the, the party. But I, like I said before, I don't like the way it happened. Um, you got to get rid of a guy, get rid of a guy. Um, get You know, announcing some guys are getting fired, then announcing other guys are getting fired. Not announcing. It just comes out that other guys get fired. Um it's just, you know, they're going to have to get a new uh, defensive coordinator, it looks like. It'll be interesting to see. Some people, you know, word gets around that may say, you know, he's a good coach, but he's a pain in the neck to work for. So, you know, that's not a good reputation either to have. Yeah, that's why I don't think you don't do the press conferences until you have your exit meetings, one with the players and coaches as well, because you don't know who's who's kind of lining up their next gig as it is as as well. And when you talk about Wink and being 68 and being a guy that, you know, you come 60, from the Ravens. 60. 60, 60, my bad. And, and being a guy that, you know, is well-respected within the league. Everyone knows when you're going up against a Wink Martindale defense, blitz coming, how he's going to be with his players. I look at that more of a as a more of a collaborative thing than he's working for Brian Dable. Times, you know, we're in a brand new NFL. We're in a brand new pro sports where the whole Bobby Knight and yelling at guys and even Joe Judge, because Rex Ryan used to call him Timmy Toughnuts all the time. You're making guys do laps and all. I make $15 million a year. I'm not doing a lap because I jumped off sides. You know, so I, I look at that whole Patriot way and that hard nose type of coaching as something that's dying out. One thing I will say about Brian Dable, a lot of the players do go to bat for him. You see him, remember last year, it was all good last year. You're playing juicy in the locker room. You're winning. Everything looks like it was a good times. But now you go six and 11, everything kind of comes out and it's all unraveling. When it came to Bobby Johnson, I think just the vitriol online when it came to the offensive line and everyone looking at uh, Evan Neal, how he didn't kind of take a leap forward. It took Andrew Thomas a year, year or two to take a leap forward. John Michael Schmitz looked good, but just the, the offensive line has been a question mark for this team since Gettleman. Not even, you know, before Gettleman, like this, the hog mollies and the offensive line have been absolutely terrible for this team. So uh, it's just, you know, it's an unfortunate thing because when you talk about the defense and Wink Martindale, that was kind of like a bright spot for fans. Like people were excited about Wink and what the defense was going to bring each week. But again, it's, it's right now, Paul, like this is gold for the beat writers because the giants really do look like a dysfunctional franchise with how everything's coming out and the way things are happening. And right. It's just like times it's like, do you recognize this organization, man? No, no. I'd like, uh, you know, on wink, you know, I, I don't get what the love fest is with him from the fans. And I get a lot of fans like him. And, and listen, I know we led the league in turnovers from a certain point, maybe even the entire league. You know, there's too many stinkers for me. And to rank 28th and 18th, I think, in his two years here, you know, what leg do you have to stand on to say, yeah, I should keep my job if they're, if they're not firing him or he's resigning, whatever's happening. I just don't think he's as good as people think he is. Um, John Harbaugh wouldn't have got rid of him in Baltimore if he was that good of a coach. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I hate to to say that. I just I just don't know that that scheme 
can work in today's game consistently anymore. I, I just think the way these offenses operate, you've got to play straight up. You've got to have more. You can't just fling blitzes at people all game long. It just doesn't really work. I mean, you just don't see it working consistently enough. They've got good players. Is he a good coach? Yes, he is a good coach. But I just – I don't see the love affair, and I, quite frankly – I don't care if he is here or not. Like it doesn't, you know, maybe they go find a another coordinator that's up and coming and and puts them in a 4-3. I think their personnel is more suited for a 4-3 anyway than, than a 3-4 or whatever the this hybrid defense is they ran. And you'd like to see you see them get more out of Kayvon and, and some of these other guys. I know he had 11 and a half sacks, but really nothing the last four or five weeks of the season. You saw people tell off John Michael Schmitz, pretty good start. Not so good second half, and I think that's why Bobby Johnson is gone. Uh, but the offensive line did play better in the second half of the year. I mean, I, I'll i be honest with you. I, I thought Matt Pert actually you know, had a nice game uh, against uh, Philly, on, and he has not played a lot of football. That was good to see for a guy who's been hurt and injured a lot. Don't know if he's in their long-term plans, but, you know, there's a lot of up, you know, a lot of change going to happen with this franchise and more pressure on Brian Dable and Joe Shane, right? Year three, they're really going to have to go – you know, I think it could be a playoffs or bust, to be honest with you. Well, look, that's six six coaches now, right? He's going to have to replace. They that's fired four of them. They fired four of them. Um, Nixon left to go to Syracuse and Wink, you know, presumably resigns. That's six guys. I and know then you got the fact, strength coach in there too, Paul? The strength and conditioning coach, that's seven. That's a big position. Yeah, yes. a big, he, yeah. left, he left. It's a big position. Um, I know for a fact um, after the Cowboy game, right, where we saw Wink and Dable have words, right, at halftime that – that they were depleted in the secondary, right? I think Brian Dable thought we can't run the same schemes. We're depleted in the secondary. We can't give up these big plays. What happened? He gave up 640 total yards, right? And and that was like, you need to adjust. And John Harbaugh had some of the same complaints that, you know, Wink is, is, is a really good coach, but the adjustments there are not there. You know, it's his system. So, um, and but, you know, we mentioned, okay, Bobby Johnson left, okay, you can just you want to pin Emin Neal on him. He didn't progress. They're not firing a GM who drafted him number seven, right? Okay, so there's a fall guy there. Uh, a special teams coordinator. Okay, it's probably run its course with him. Fine, but you know, it, was there an outcry that said, "Boy, the outside linebacker position is not being coached well"? I mean, Thibodeau progressed. You know, Jihad Ward had you know was second. In, he had a career high in sacks. You know, Ojalari couldn't stay healthy. So, I mean, I don't think you could look at that and say. We need to make a change at the outside linebacker coach position. This was more your Winks guy, you know, you're kind of in bed with him and that's not going to work anymore, you know, and that's kind of a drama queen way to go go about, you know, moving your moving parts around on your staff. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, I didn't expect this year to be this much turbulence. And um, this. Do you think, Paul, do you think, or, and Brandon, I'd love your opinions. Do you guys think the uh, Xavier McKinney, Wink Martindale situation had anything to do with it? I, I think that, which we've talked about on, on the show before, that um, uh, Dable definitely didn't like that Wink, you know, made a, a, a small story into a big story by, oh, you know, I'm so I, I went to X and talked to him and that's never happened in my career. You know, it could have died down if Wink just yeah. said it's an internal matter. We'll handle it internally the way Dable does everything. And they're different, you know, and Wink was Wink didn't like that a, a, a prominent player is saying there's a communication, you know, breach here and that's a bad reflection on him wasn't that big of a deal that he could he could have squashed it he didn't i don't think that was like a, okay that's a real demerit i'm going to fire you for that but it shows these are different guys you know wink wink is 
wants to operate in his defensive fiefdom. You know what I mean? Kind of like, you know, he he didn't he didn't rip Dable or rip the coach at all, but he he kind of, you know, and he didn't always, you know, he didn't really rip the offense, you know, or everything like that. But I thought also, you know, Wink a lot of times after these games came out and said, we did a lot of good things. A lot of times they just they did some okay things. You know what I mean? He didn't fall on his sword a lot. You know, coaches usually, especially coordinators and assistants, have to fall on their sword, right, when the team loses. You think he said that because he felt like I got no help from the offense? Defense has to be the reason why we win games. We've got to force, what was that, a span of 12? Uh, uh, yeah, 12 I think there's always that underlying, like, hey, we did our job without yep. saying it. I, I'll say this, though. I think as long as Bobby O is on this defense, they're going to be just fine. As long as Bobby O. Karake is on this defense, I don't care what scheme it is. You get a leader like that and a guy that with that kind of smarts and headiness and football acumen, I think they'll be fine. They've got players. As long as Bobby O is there, he, he'll make any defense work. I mean, he was a he's a great signing right now. Great. One year. Great. Never great sign. Not a good signing, a great sign. I mean, yeah. 10 million bucks a year for him is fantastic. Phenomenal. But I asked him after the game, I went to him after the game, you know, they were happy they won. And I said, okay, now the season's over. There are certainly, you know, talk that Wink won't be back. This was after the game, okay? And he goes, I don't even want to think about that. You know, just he and I told him, I don't even want to think about that. And I said, well, how big of a loss with that? And he says, we need him back, man. I don't even want to think about him leaving. We need him back. You know, we're building something here. Okay, so then today, after the press conferences, I went to Okereke in the locker room and said, well, Brian Dable said, you know, he expects Wink to be back. Okay, now that's all I said. And he said, man, Wink is great. He's helped me tremendously, he said. And and the fact that there's been friction between them, he admitted there was friction. He said, even though there's friction, it's a brotherhood, right? I have friction with some of my teammates and we do everything for the betterment of the team. And he said, that shows the character in this building that even guys who have friction can figure it out. <laughs> and so I was going to use that, that Wink is coming back and what does that say now about the culture of the building that this friction is look likely leading to a resignation and ugly ways? It's not, you know, Okereke was really down when I said that Wink might not be back. So he's going to be really down. You know, he's going to be really down about it. There's no, you know, Dexter Lawrence. That's understandable. I mean, those yeah, guys probably yeah. worked, you know, that's like the quarterback and the, uh, the offensive coordinator. Like that's, that's your guy, right? Like he wears the green dot. He calls every play. And I, that's understandable, and I would expect Bobby to react that way. But I, I still have a lot of confidence in him, the player, to rally and get 10 other guys to play really good defense because he is the quarterback, right? If we're going to talk about franchise quarterbacks, he's the franchise middle linebacker. And I think but you start, you have to start again with a new scheme, right? It's yep. not going to be, you know, wing scheme is very different, right? Very different. And it's difficult. And it's difficult. And, you know, and, and so sometimes you know, simplifying Dexter it, maybe. Was saying, Dexter was saying in, at his locker today that, you know, now I've got it, you know, that, that you know, I know when I can take a chance, when I have to hold back, because now I got the scheme, you know, I've been in, in two years. Well, you don't got it anymore, right? You know, it's going to probably look like a different scheme. It seems like this could have been avoided, but, you know, personalities are, are, are you know, it's not just performance, it's personalities, and sometimes that's, well, That's apparently, funny. apparently the ink is not dry on the resignation. So we're, we're recording this show, not knowing for sure if he is gone. And that's cool with Dexter Lawrence saying, now I've got it. You know what that sounds like to me? Tom Coughlin's know and know you know. 
So it's about being able to play above and beyond the X's and O's, and you know, because you understand the scheme and the fit. And it seems like a guy like Bobby Okereke loves the, the scheme and, and his fit within this defense. Paul, you mentioned, and, and the guys are mentioned building something here. Paul, you mentioned six or seven coaches he's going to have to replace, and that's coaching, let alone players. They're going to have to replace some of the players. As well, uh, a guy, Saquon Barkley, I heard his his sound on tape. You guys talked to him in the uh, in the locker room today. That man said, I don't need times. He said, I don't need an exit meeting. Those guys know how to get in touch with me. Don't call me. I'll call you. Is that the is, is that is that the writing? Is that the players talk times for I'm gone? Well, I think he 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 was obviously hurt. You know, it gets personal in these things. Last year, it it was not a good experience, and he showed up to camp like the pro he is because he wanted to be there for his brothers and teammates. He doesn't want to go through that again, understandably so. If I'm a betting man, I would bet that uh, Saquon Barkley is not a New York Giant in 2024. He could be at a discount, at a discount, but no, I don't think they're going to use the tag. They're not going to pay him 12 million or whatever the 20 percent increase is. He could be. It just have to be a discount, like we said on the pre-show. But yeah, Saquon's been through a lot, man. He's been on bad teams. He's been hurt. He's had you know really good seasons, and he's just you know dealt with a lot. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him go play for a contender, even maybe if it is less than you know eight million dollars. But you know, go get a fresh start. Maybe that'll be good for him. I asked him, you know, the second time around now, are you going to be much more aware and have eyes open now? You know, you've been through this process. He had not been through it before last year. And he said, you know what? I wouldn't say it's about eyes open. He said, I'm numb to it right now. You know, I'm numb to it. That's not a good ex- expression for a player to use. I'm numb to it. You know, and, but it's true. He's numb to it. Um, see, the thing is, I don't think I can't think of a contract that the Giants would offer him that he would take before hitting free agency, because it's going to be lower. It's not going to be high. It's not going to be what he was offered last year. And he's not going to accept that. So then he's going to hit free agency. I don't think they will tag him. I don't. They did it last year. They can do it again. You know, Joe Shane said, that's a, that's, you know, that's a vehicle we can use. I don't think they'll do it again. If he gets the free agency, he's not going to come back and say, well, I promise the giants, I'm going to give you, you know, the right to match it. So I think he will hear something in free agency which won't be awesome, but it will be better probably or look better at least, you know, on paper than what the Giants offered. And I think he's going to take it. I just don't see how the path leads to him coming back unless there's no good offers there. And there will be, he's still a good player. There'll be some good offers out there. Well, there's two teams in the division that could be looking, right? We talked about it with Sweat and Philly. Swift, 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 sorry. And Pollard and and, and – could you imagine him wearing a Dallas star? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, my uh, God. That would be uh, interesting. Yes, I can imagine. I, I, I can, too. And I can yes. imagine Jerry Jones saying, "Yes, give you two years for 22 minutes, you know, something like that. But um, yeah. it'll get interesting to, to see where he ends up. I, I really don't think it's going to be in New York, um, unfortunately. You, yeah, you talk about that. You don't have to play in the New York market if you're playing for the star. You know, that's just as big in terms of the New York market and getting your face out there. And, I mean, you just think about how much the Cowboys are on TV being talked about on first take, the ESPNs, the Fox Sports, Sacred. That would be a great place for Saquon. But when he when he walks into MetLife Stadium, he's going, he's going out for blood. Uh, we talked about another guy, Xavier McKinney. Those two, those two interceptions – 
Great for him and his money. Bad for whichever team, because that could be what an extra one point five to two mil right there at times. I don't expect to see Xavier McKinney back here next year. Really, that's one guy I'm, I think for I'm sure. I'm fifty fifty on that. His number may be too high, and, and I think this is what's helped the matter. Right, a young Dame Belton has stepped up and played decently well. Had a nice play yesterday, or was that Nick McLeod who punched the ball out? McLeod. These McLeod. these young these young secondary players have gotten better. And then Pinnock, you know, he's he's obviously had a nice season outside this toe injury he had late in the year. He he's a young player that's cheap, um, and I think they can be fine back there in that back end without paying what you know. What's he going to be fourteen, fifteen million, something like that, maybe for a safety like Xavier? Yeah, I don't think the Giants will go there. I would love to. He's one of my favorite players. I I enjoy watching Xavier play. Uh, did not make a lot of turnover type plays. Was never really around the ball till late. But those two plays yesterday. <laughs> We're like a little audition tape of here I am, I'm a free agent. You know, those were two incredible plays. The 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 pick on the screen and then the the one to keep, get his feet down. I would like to, I would lean towards, yeah, him probably going somewhere else just because the money won't won't be there for from the Giants. Well, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because you know, you say the money won't be there. And I don't disagree with you. I agree with you. He played every snap, right? He and Bobby O'Karake played incredible. every snap all season, which is just stupidly, you know, impressive. You know I think I mean? it's a great, yeah, one of the craziest stats I've ever heard. As, as Bobby O'Karake said to me, it's not always about getting hurt. I My helmet snap didn't come off on one play, right? You know, you know, stupid things happen, right? You get yeah. a little cut, you got to come out. Your helmet strap comes off, you got to go to the sideline for a thing and I got to screw it back in. Nothing, nothing. So, you know, you mentioned how O'Karake, you know, as long as they have a Okereke, they'll be fine, right? McKinney played every snap, so you think the Giants would value that. I think they do value that, but I asked him directly after the game, do you want to come back here? He didn't say yes. You know, like he didn't say, and I didn't say no, but he didn't say, oh, I definitely want to come back here, but it's a business. So he said in the locker room on Monday, he thinks he's the best safety in the league. Okay? The best safety in the league, which he isn't, um, and um, that he, you know, there's no hometown discounts or anything like that. So that's not, you know, Saquon saying he wanted to be a giant for life or anything. So I think he's his his his. But is he? But is he the best safety? That's a free agent. That's all that matters. And he could be. I don't know the list of. You know, I don't think Antoine Winfield is junior is a free agent. He's a fantastic player. But there's a. Uh, you know, he could be at this point in time, he could be the best safety, you know, and teams have to pay the premium, right? If you want something, just like the quarterback every year, at least the quarterback resets the market, resets the market. Wouldn't surprise me if Baker Mayfield, you know, who's just, you know, he's a free agent, took his team to the playoffs. He might win a playoff game. Is that worth $45 million a year? We're about to find out. Well, how, um, how about this? How about this, right? He didn't make the Pro Bowl, right? Who did make the Pro Bowl at the safety position in the NFC? Julian Love. Seven million, million a year. Love, Seven million a year. Okay. So look, you yeah. know, Pro Bowl is not an exact science. I, that's I, very I, cool too, by the way. I, we didn't talk cool. about that, but yeah, very that's cool. he's so, a so, great so, guy. Yeah, good player. You're right. It, it, there will be a more look. He, he, uh, McKinney is healthy. You know, he got his you know ha- fingers basically destroyed on in that accident. Well, there you go. He, Winfield you know, Jr. A is a free agent. Time. Yeah, Winfield is a free agent. But no, there'll be a market for McKinney, no question. Wink loved him in his scheme. Um, he's a player who can play multiple schemes. You know, I'm sure a lot of scouts and a lot of GMs have him rated highly from Alabama. You know, he went right where he was supposed to go. But, by but, but wouldn't you agree, Paul, he was better in um, Patrick Graham's scheme than, than Wink Martindale's? 
he didn't make splash plays for Wink other than the last game. He didn't make a lot of splash plays. Yeah, they um, didn't use him around the line of scrimmage like I thought no, they would. They, they did not. They so, did use Pinnock, though, who, who's maybe yeah. just a touch faster. But I thought he was a better player under Patrick Graham's kind of cover defense. What is that, a cover two, Brandon? I don't know what he plays. It's like pretty much – we're not giving up any big plays, whatever He it's would called. like like a quarters type, like keep everything in front of you. He did a great job playing center field. You saw a lot of plays where a lot of his interceptions and Patrick Graham's defense. I think one thing he got to do on Wink's defense, he got to cover. I mean, you see what he did with TJ Hawkinson in the playoffs last year. Uh, he Every time the Christian McCaffrey uh, last year and all as well. So I think that over the being able to play for two different types of coordinators – He's been able to really put his skill sets on tape and show why he deserves to be one of the highest paid safeties in this free agency. Micah Hyde is another guy. So, again, if the Giants don't pay him, you still have a Micah Hyde that you could possibly play. You still have Antoine Winfield Jr. But I think I agree with you, Times. It's a guy that was drafted here. Uh, He was a Bama boy who they're used to winning. Then you come to a team like – New York in the press and everybody's on you. He kind of bit the cheese a little bit, uh, was saying some stuff to the press, but that's a guy that's definitely going to get paid. I can't control that if it is my last game uh, playing here, but if it is, it was a fun six years, um, made a lot of great memories, and but it's not like the last time I'm ever playing football, you know what I mean? So I can't control that, so I'm not letting my emotions. If I like, knew that it would be my last game, I'd probably feel a little different, but like I said, I have no idea. Aziz Ojulari, Paul, what's his status? He's under contract for next he's still year. Still under contract. Okay, yeah. I thought he was a free agent for this yeah. year. You know, he's young, too. Yeah. He's only like 23, 24 years old. The Giants have to get another pass rusher. They do. They do. Yes. You got to get – pass rusher is a priority. Yeah. I'd give Jihad Ward about two years and some money. Really? Because I just – nothing crazy – but, man, he is just consistently there. He consistently performs. He's always available. Um, you don't need to pay him a lot of money. Um, now, he is another one of Wink's guys. He right? is tied to Wink Lawrence. He is tied to Wink. If Wink so, gets a job, um, he will find Jihad Ward, I think. Um, absolutely. I think, he, and, and I think he's a Wink guy. Yeah. I like the way he came on late in the year. Now, he did not do a lot prior to the last three or four games. But, yeah, you know, defense is really the least of my worries for this team. Um, do we know if Graham Gano can come back and be healthy? We don't know that. You know, with the knee, that's a big deal. He's got like a $9.5 million cap next year. So he is the place kicker for this team. They're not going anywhere there. Um, I think Jamie Gillen only signed a one-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. I could be – maybe check that. Uh, I think I think he got – yeah, I think he's – I don't think he's a free agent. I don't think so. Yeah. And then offensively, it just – you know, Daniel Jones is the big question mark. But, again, this Evan Neal uh, thing has to figure itself out. You really have to figure that piece out because – that's going to be a big thing moving forward. And then you've got to find a couple of interior guys, right? Is straight off the couch coming back? I don't know. John he wants Michael's, to. He well, wants good. to. Okay, he's having, good. A, having a daughter any day now. He's having a – You know what I loved about Justin daughter? Pugh this year was watching him straight off the couch in Buffalo at like, let's call it 280, 275. And boy, did he enjoy those meals because he steadily got bigger and bigger and bigger as the season went on. Like if you watched, if you saw him Sunday, you're like, that's an NFL lineman. But like six, seven weeks ago, you're like, man, that guy looks like a tight end with a 67 on. So I would love to know what Justin's weight is now compared to when he got in because he's certainly been enjoying the uh, all-you-can-eat buffets up there at the old East he Rutherford. Thinks he, get, he thinks with the with – you know, don't forget, last offseason he couldn't train. He was at an ACL. 
He thinks with it, with with an off season of training, he can get to three hundred. He thinks he can get possibly to three hundred, and that would, you know, that would be two ninety, three hundred, something like. He does want to come back, um, but and I also think he is not like you have to resign me to be the starting left guard. You know, I think he would come back as a swing guy. He can play left tackle in a pinch. He can play right tackle in a pinch. He really doesn't want to play right guard for some reason. He's not a center, but he certainly can play left guard. Um, but you know what? I was told in the locker room that the way the Giants taught offensive line play was very, very technically difficult, more difficult than most teams teach it. So it's hard for a young guy to come in. It's hard to grasp. So maybe simplifying that will help with the new guy coming in. Um, I was also told by someone that they think Neil needs to be the left guard next year. Needs to be the left guard. Um, right next you know, to Andrew Thomas. Needs to be the left guard. And, um, you know, you know, if you don't take a quarterback at number six, you might be able to get the best offensive tackle in the draft. Oh, geez. Um, no. God, no. I know. No, it, it I'm with you happen. on that, Todd. Oh, I'm Lord, no. no normal projects. Uh, I'm going to spend money on a right tackle. I don't know who's out there. We can talk about that maybe in a free agency show yeah, or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's an interesting one for you guys. One Tyrod Taylor, Mr. Smooth, I call him, because he is smooth at the podium, baby. There's nobody smoother than – I don't know Tyrod Taylor. I'd like to hang out with him just for like a couple hours, a couple cocktails. He's a cool he, guy. He's a cool guy. Just a yeah. cool guy. Uh, he has played well enough to maybe – I mean, he could win you some games, and he, he's familiar with this offense – is he? I mean, I, he would make the most sense if if you're kind of looking for someone to bridge that between him and and Daniel. But man, he played outstanding the last couple. But you know, there's going to be some suitors, right? We've talked about this all year. Backup quarterbacks, someone's going to maybe open up the checkbook for him. I I get he's 32, 33, but someone may say, hey, you know, this guy's worth the money. Let's go get him. Now Daniel spoke today. You know, Daniel spoke at his oh. locker, um, and. Um, said he believes he will be ready for the first game. He thinks he'll be ready for training camp. Um, you know, doing a lot of squatting, he said, you know, um, strengthening the muscles around the knee. Um, maybe not squatting with weight, but, you know, I mean, just, you know, strengthening the muscles. And, you know, he's on schedule. You know, he's a very hard worker. You know, he's a good athlete. I, I would think he'll be on schedule. You know, a, a, you know, knock wood, there's no, there's no setbacks or anything. But, you know, he doesn't give up much. I asked him point blank. I said, should the Giants – not take a quarterback with the number six pick because it's your job. And he said, um, he laughed. He laughed. I think he liked the, the you know, okay, it's good, good try at a question, which I will not answer. Um, he's I'm concentrating on myself and this, that. He said he's still confident in himself, in the team, and, in, you know, in, in, the, in the process. He just looks sad, you know. It's, a, you know, it's, you know, when you lose your team and you're hurt, I get it. You're sad, you know, you, you know. You know, you can't be – not everyone can be Shep, you know, Sterling Shepard and be bouncing around last year. You know, it was very tough for him. Uh, Daniel said he will stay in the area, you know, to rehab, you know, as you knew he would. Um, just think of the year, right, the year difference. Last year at this time, he just beaten the, the, the Vikings in a playoff game, uh, you know, soon, you know, this year, you know, this next week, and then lost to the Eagles. Is he going to be back? Are they going to tag him? What's the deal going to be? He gets that big contract. Um, and then, you know, ever since that contract, has anything gone hey, right? I, anything? No. And you have to, I mean, obviously he did, did feel sad. We took away your pens and paper, Paul, for nine months, ten months. No stories, Paul. No more writing. You would be sad. Like, with an eight, with 80 million in guaranteed money? 80 million you, <laughs> you'd be down there. guaranteed money? Here. You'd be, you want this? <laughs> you, Paul would pen? be down there. Hold, hold on. You want this? Be, uh, you want this? 
Take yeah, it. here you go. 80 mil. Yeah, um, I'll deal with it. I'll, I'll be do down some in Florida. You'd be down in Florida hanging out with dad down in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's no, talk about that six pick. Let's, yeah, let's talk that's, about that six pick woo. because that, that's, it's, you're at that. Yeah, man. Uh, for those that's, that's a number one right there. Pick, right? That's, that's a first round pick right there. That's, that's a first round pick right there. Need that 97th percentile for his height. So we got to beef him up. Did you introduce him to the uh, Blue Rush family? You didn't oh, get yeah, Blue Rush family. This is Brendan London Jr., BL. What's up, man? Let me see those hands. Let me see those hands. So, oh, show the hands. Hands are huge. Hands are huge. See those paws. All right. Look at it. Lawrence, you're supposed to ask to see the legs, not the hands. Uh, I I live vicariously through real athletes. I was just. (laughs) (laughs) But with that six pick, y'all, you don't, you don't. And like you said, if you like Tyrod Taylor, knows the offense can come in and kind of give you. That's going to be a fascinating storyline. Yeah, that really is the whole offseason because, right, you've got to sign free agents before the draft. Look, the question is, the only question is, is it a quarterback or not? Because if it's not a quarterback, I can say offensive tackle. You can say receiver. I don't think there'll be an edge rusher in this draft that high. But, you know, they got they have enough needs, right? So it's not a question of they don't need that. You know, they could draft the tackle. They could draft the receiver. I mean, do they go after Bowers of Georgia, a tight end, if he's there? You know, so th- there, are, there are definitely players. Oh, yes. But it's all a matter of quarterback. Because if it's quarterback, you know, is, is, does Jaden Daniels drop there? Does, you know, you know what's Michael Penix going to do? Is he going to win? If Jaden Daniels is there, you have yeah. to jump on him. Okay. That, just my opinion. He's my favorite player in the top ten. Probably won't um, be there at six. Probably won't yeah, be there. I don't you know? think he will be. But Jaden Daniels checks a lot of boxes for me. 60-something games in college football. So you're not getting this kind of splash guy who made a lot of plays, almost a la the San Francisco guy, Trey Trey Lance or whatever. I, I'm now, 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 Joe Shane did make a point today of saying we have four picks in the top 70. Yeah, I, I did hear him say that. And that's so draft capital to move up, right? You know, I mean, but you know what? In the, you have to go. Do you love Caleb Williams? Do you get him for $9 million a year? Four. I mean, you have to give up a, 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 just a. Do they like Drake May? amount of equity. I'm sure um, they like it both. I'm you sure know, tight like end, I, I think tight end is more, as good a player as Brock Bowers is, it's more of a value pick if you've already got your quarterback in place and your O-line and. You kind of just want to add that other weapon. Um, you don't take that. This team can't afford to take a tight end at six, if that makes I sense. Agree. Even though he's a very good player, uh, they just have too many needs um, outside of that. And then I think Waller Waller could be back, but again, there's a weird deal with his cap. There's an opt out, and he's only seven million against the cap or something like that. So that's going to be an interesting story. Uh, Paul, there will be no shortage of stories for you in the offseason, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be wild. The six pick, I, I, my preference, Jaden Daniels, if available. If they're six, Jaden Daniels. If not, I think you know Malik Neighbors, some something like that. One of, you guys Jay. like Penix for what you saw in you know last game. You like the, the I left? didn't, I didn't the first game against Oregon when I saw him, and then in the playoff game, I said, oh my god, I'm an idiot. I don't. This guy, he has something. I worry about the two ACLs, three ACLs, but boy, is he good. He's good. He's fearless. I like that he's fearless. Um, I don't know. I I like Jaden Daniels a little bit better than Penix. Yeah, what they – sorry, fellas. Sorry. sorry. Hey, I don't know. Come on, man. It's all good. I we enjoy the they noise. Do with that six, I think what they do with that six pick all determines a free agency. 
I, what you go and you get free agency, what holds you until you get a free agency. Yeah. Other so, than quarterback, because you know they're not going to sign if, if, no matter what who they sign a veteran or young quarterback. That's not going to say, okay, now we won't take a guy in the draft. You know, the draft is its own special animal. It's just, you know what, whenever there's the likelihood or the possibility of a quarterback, you know, Lawrence, you mentioned the storylines. Whenever there's a chance, team has a high pick and they might take a quarterback. And there's no question that the fan base is, I don't even know if they're divided. I think most of them would like them to take the quarterback. So that always just ups the ante tremendously, tremendously, because the Giants didn't expect to be at six, right? They were nine, seven, and one on a playoff game this year, you know, last year, which is why they, you know, they signed Daniel because they said, you know, if you, if we don't re-sign Daniel, who do you want us to get? We're not going to get one in the draft. We're not going to sign somebody in free agency. Daniel's good. We like him. He's our own guy. We're going to sign him. So uh, there was a very quick answer from Joe Shane today, which you would expect. He's a GM. He's not going to show his hands. But when someone asks, you know, is he your starter next year? They're like, yep. Like it was pretty matter of fact. There was no. I didn't expect them to him and haw over it because obviously this is a little bit of a poker game with the rest of the league too. So um, I don't know what to say. You know, am I looking too much into that? How quickly he answered, no, but he has to be right. You're you're married to him for forty million, thirty five, forty million dollars next year. He is going to be on the team. So somehow you just have to make it work. Hey, Eli Manning was a day one starter when Daniel Jones was a rookie, right? Yeah. Yeah, and true. then in week and then in week three he wasn't the starter. So yeah, to say that I you know Daniel Jones will be our starter on opening day if he's healthy, yeah, because probably whoever they draft won't beat Daniel Jones out. But you know, then they, look, the handwriting's on the wall, right? The handwriting's on the wall. Look, Lawrence, if they drafted a kicker in the third round when you were bye there, bye. the handwriting's on the wall, right? Well, yeah, just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what happened in Kansas City. It's why I ended up in New York. They drafted a kid in the fifth round. Yeah. So I start. I started calling all my coaches' friends. Hey, uh, you got a job for me? Uh, so thankfully, T Mac came and rescued me. And then they get rid of him today. What a bunch of jerks! No, it's just the business. Uh, he'll be paid handsomely next year to sit at home or coach. So um, it's a brutal business. We all love it, but it's it's tough on Mondays after after the season. Yeah, no, everyone makes big jokes. Oh, Black Monday. I, I never treat it, you know, you know, frivolously because fire this guy. Oh, look, here, Arthur Smith got fired. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's a foof. Oh, this guy, this guy, that guy. Head coach get fired. You know, that means, what, 12 staff members are going to go, 15 no, staff members are going to go. They're all going to look for jobs. They're all going to have to relocate. You know, I get it. Yes, it's a business. You got, you know, it's, you get paid a lot of money. It's the top of your profession. But – did T-Mac get stupid this year? I'm not saying they shouldn't go in a different direction. Did he get stupid? No, we didn't get stupid, you know? And maybe if they would have drafted a guy in the fourth round who could be a return guy, right, like teams do all around the league and they they do well, then maybe he would be look less stupid and, you know, he maybe he would still be okay. If the guy they drafted ran back, you know, ran back a punt or a kickoff for a touchdown, right, instead of having – Eric Gray, you know, navigating, looking up and then putting Sterling Shepard back there. You know, I don't know. It's just it's tough. You know, it's tough. But um, yeah, you know, that's it's, it's it's a rough day and we'll see what happens with Wink, obviously. Yeah, I always look at Black Monday thinking for the kids as well. You know, I'm a coach's kid, you know, eight different eight different schools in 12 years. So, you know, you got to think about the kids uprooting and having to leave their friends and their neighborhood and their community as well. But we know what our dads sign up for. So uh, final thoughts, guys, going into the uh, offseason, the state of the Giants. Uh, Paul, you go out, go, then times you uh, you kick us home and throw to the Scotsman. 
you know, if you guys are political guys, you know, the president, when he gives the State of Union of the dress and he talks a little bit, and he says, and I want to say to the Congress and the American people, the State of the Union is strong. And everyone cheers. Right. Or like half the people cheer, depending if you're a Republican or Democrat. Um, last year at this time, I think we could say the State of the Giants was strong. Right. This year, a lot less strong. Uncertainty with the coaches, uncertainty with the quarterback. You know, we just very quickly today said, well, we don't think Saquon will back. Saquon will be back. And we don't think Xavier McKinney, who played every snap, will be back. That's a lot of talent and, you know, going out the door. So um, I think it's um, it shows how different one year can be to the next. And, um, you know, it's a very much a wait and see with everything now. It's it's a whole new ballgame with the Giants now, unfortunately, because they thought they were out of this. And it looks like they're right back in it. I said, Joe Shane, get to work, baby. I can't wait because, I mean, you talk about your first two signings in free agency could put you and this organization back into the good graces within within the fan base. If they can make two splash signings right away or trade or signing, then that gets everybody back. That, that gets everybody back on the same page as an organization, as a fan base. So I think this is going to be Joe Shane's biggest Obviously, it's the second year being a GM, but I think this is going to be one of his biggest NFL offseasons. Tides. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, think about as they go into this offseason, but I still believe in Brian Dable. I think that the most important thing is I still believe in him as a coach. Now, he's going to have to fix whatever problems he has with people in a building because uh, it seems like there's some turmoil inside of there. And I, that can be fixed. Relationships can be repaired. Because he is a good football mind and a good coach. You hear about how Diggs and some of the, his former players talk about him. He just needs to get back to that. It's going to be in a, you know, listen, I, th- I like this kind of offseason for the Giants because the pressure is on them. Like, I think last year they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're good. Yeah. Kind of went in this year. I'm not saying they don't feel pressure. Everyone feels pressure in the NFL. But this year, Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable, it's on you. It, it, and that will make you – Work a little harder, you know, spend a little more time evaluating and reviewing your processes uh, that you had in place for the last couple of seasons. And change is good, right? So we'll see what the coaching staff looks like. Uh, it's still always been about players. I think coaches help, but obviously they need to find some good coaches on the defensive side and fix this thing because 2024 is an important year for a lot of executives and players in that building. All right, let's hear from the Scotsman one more time to close us out for the regular season. It's been awesome uh, being on the show with you guys. Yeah, and, uh, another fans. good Thanks year. We ought to let B. London Jr. close us down. He close us down, man. He he, he needs to eat right now. Man. My man's yeah, going crazy. Good. Say Look bye, man. Say bye. Say go Giants. Night, go night. Scotsman. Go to Look the Scotsman. He's like, hey, looking at So who's the Scotsman? Like that damn kicker. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> let's hear from the Scotsman. You know, I knew that this was probably going to be my last time being in this jersey. Uh, I just wanted to take it all in with my brothers um, and, uh, yeah, enjoy every moment of it. And uh, that's exactly what I did. And that says cheerio to episode 177 and to season five of our Blue Rush podcast, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Andrew Harris for producing the show all season long. We'd also like to thank the SNY crew, Emma K. Tostin and Jeff Stansbury. Thanks to the New York Post and to SNY. Thanks for watching us all season on that New York Sport Post Sports YouTube page. Lots of words there. Click that thumbs up below and comment below what your Giants off-season wish list may look like. Thanks to all of you listeners and viewers. We appreciate all of your time. Thank you, Giants fans, for joining us all season. That's a wrap for us now. We will be back come free agency time in March. 
Maybe they'll find a quarterback when the Giants make some moves. Until then, stay safe and enjoy the offseason. Until next time, cheerio!